You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums, and it's here before you die. Jesus died for somebody's sins, but not mine. Milton, pot of thieves, wild cord of my sleeve, thick heart of stone. My sins, my own, they belong to me. Me. Beware, but I don't care. The words are just rules and regulations to me. All right, for this episode, we'll be talking about Patty Smith horses. On the line, I have Ben, Ding Dong, Rob, Oh, yeah, and John. Hello! Horses is the debut studio album by American musician Patti Smith, released on November 10th, 1975 on Artisan Records. The producer was John Cale, and the genre is punk rock, art punk, and garage rock. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, William Ruhlman. It isn't hard to make the case for Patti Smith as a punk rock progenitor based on her debut album, which anticipated the new wave by a year or so. The simple, crudely played rock and roll featuring Lenny Kay's rudimentary guitar work, the anarchistic spirit of Smith's vocals, and the emotional and imaginative nature of her lyrics all prefigured the coming movement as it evolved on both sides of the Atlantic. Smith is a rock critic's dream, a poet as steeped in 1960s garage rock as she is in French symbolism. Land carries on from the doors that end, marking her as a successor to Jim Morrison, while the borrowed choruses of Gloria and Land of a Thousand Dances are more in tune with the era of sampling than they were in the 1970s. Producer John Cale respected Smith's primitism in a way that later producers did not and the loose improvisational song structures work uh, with her free verse to create something like a new word musical art form. Horses was a hybrid, the sound of post-beat poet, as she put it, quote, dancing around to simple rock and roll song. All right, what do we think of Patti Smith, Horses? It's a pretty good record. This is an amazing It's quite record. good. This is a dope it's a good record. record. It's, it's awesome. I really, really um, like this record. Uh, if you guys don't mind. You like this record the first time you heard it? Yeah, I was just about to get to that. So the the way I got to this album is, uh, does everybody remember the music clubs, that, the mail-in music clubs, and you get 10 CDs for the price of whatever, yeah, three B, CDs. The, the, the BMI? Oh, yeah. uh, yep. Yep. BMI or BMG or... Uh, Columbia House. Columbia House. They all had it. And it was like you, you would pick from a catalog and then... Uh, a lot of people screwed them. I actually didn't screw them. It was just, it worked out easier because I lived in a small town. I couldn't get records, you know, without special ordering from like Karma or someplace like that. Anyway, there was a section and I was like, all right, I'm going to get 10 records. I was getting into punk rock. Uh, my brothers liked The Clash and they liked some other, you know, Metallica and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm getting into punk rock. That's just it. So I looked at their list and they had like 10 greatest punk albums of all time or something like that. Might have been six. So it was Patti Smith Horses, Television Marquee Moon, Elvis Costello, My Aim is True, uh, Nevermind the Bollocks, and uh, like the Ramones and maybe a couple other stuff. 
So when horses showed up and I put it on, I was like, what the hell is this? This is not Sid Vicious. This is not The Clash. Like, this is not punk rock. And it, since I didn't have that many albums, guess what got played a lot? All of those <laughs> just got played in rotation. And the more I listened to it, the more I started to like it. And then I really liked it. I was also getting into poetry and stuff like that. So it didn't hurt that this is so out there. Awesome. You know, I don't know. I just could go on for days talking about how good <laughs> this is. Well, I'll say it. This is the first time I've heard this album. <laughs> I, I've heard some of the songs off of it before, but this, and I, you know, obviously I know who Patty Smith is and I know of her work uh, in other things, but this is the first time I've heard this full album. Uh, and I liked it from the jump. But then again, you know, I'm an almost 40 year old adult. <laughs> so I've been primed by all the things that she, you know, seeded. Yeah. Without her, there would be like La Tigre. They would, I mean, there wouldn't be a ton of punk. <laughs> so. This is one of those records. There's been a few of them where uh, I was probably around the I was around the same age as you, Birch, maybe a little bit older than you. It wasn't a a, a a CD club, but I think it was like right when I was in college, I just started buying a whole bunch of CDs of of people that I knew were punk artists, like kind of like unheard, just like trying them all out. And uh, and Patty Smith was one of the ones I it it. I really liked the song Gloria and I liked, I think like free money. Uh, and then other parts of it, like Birdland were just not for my pop damaged ears at that point of my life. And I shelved it, you know, and, and I didn't really revisit it again until this past week. So it's been nice getting to know it again. And now I'm older and more mature and I, I do like it more. I still don't necessarily crave to listen to Birdland all the time. Hmm. I could see that. But I think it, I think as an album, though, each one of the songs does deliver so, like something interesting, something inventive, something a little bit different than was going on at that time. She's she's taking the Joni Mitchell kind of poetry, crazy expression and like fitting it into the CBGB New York punk scene, you know. She was a, little, a bit older. She was a bit from a previous generation than a lot of those people. I think she was 30 when she was doing this album. Mm -hmm. So it's she's not quite a kid. So you can tell she's got a little more. She's doing things a little bit more mature, I guess. Yeah, I I, I found this record for a dollar at uh, Unique, I guess, three years ago with a bunch of talking head stuff as well. And uh, this is one of the records that I, I sold to surface noise because it just, it, it didn't hit me. Um, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. We're listening to Birdland right now. And yeah, I, I could go the rest of my days without <laughs> hearing the spoken word nonsense. Um, I hate that. I'm not completely on board with this record, the way that it is just like, every critic's darling list like hmm. from here to eternity like i don't know what that says about me as a uh, a music consumer because i yeah i i you know they, they got me in with gloria and i was there for free money um but a lot of it like it just doesn't um it doesn't tickle my uh my my punk rock ear yeah um it's, it's but, but it's it, but it's not like i you know i can fuck i fucking i i love bikini kill i love the tigra like 
and I hate just using those two as examples, you know, um, I get, I get the importance and, and I understand why um, it's, it's thought of like so highly. Um, but as far as like it, I, it being thrown in with punk rock, I find, I don't know how I can quantify what I'm trying to say without sounding like a sexist asshole. Um, no, I got it. it. It's just like, this this predates the Ramones release by five months. Um, but really, like, the only song that even sounds like a upbeat punk song is Gloria. Um, unless you have, like, the, um, the re-release of it where it comes out with My Generation at the very end of it. And yeah, that's absolutely, like, a fucking barn burner punk performance of that. And But then you get into the idea of the Minutemen, and, like, that's punk rock but it's definitely not punk rock, you know? So I, I don't fucking know. Like it, it's, it's art rock. It, it's art rock. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's verse and it's fucking poetry and it's beautiful, but it, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't get me bopping the way that I associate most punk music. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like I'm doing a disservice with my words to Patty Smith, like in, in this record, but yeah, it, it's, it doesn't grab me the way that other things do. Well, it's um, not so it's not as musically inclined as a lot of other artists are. It just is. It relies heavily, heavily on words and the way those words wrap around these structures. It's a bit more like Velvet Underground stuff, right? Very much so. Yeah. Like telling a telling a story or a, or a story slash poem with music. But she has a good voice. I mean, she has an excellent voice. And her, I don't know what you would call those vocalizations, the way that she chooses to elongate syllables and vowels. Like, it's really interesting. Like, Birdland, I agree with you, Rob. It's kind of, <laughs> it is one of the more obtuse songs to get into on the album, I guess, because it is sort of her doing a spoken word poem about uh, a dream that somebody's son had about his dead father, like leading him into a UFO. So it's like a weird, a weird thing to sort of go off of, and it doesn't really have much rhythmic song structure to it. But it's two chords. Of, yeah, <laughs> but sometimes so it's glory. Sometimes, but, some, yeah, exactly. Sometimes stripped down can be really interesting, and I, I just feel like if you, you have to be in the mood for it. You know, like yeah. not every song on here is one where it's like, oh, I'll just throw that on, I'll rock out to Birdland. <laughs> like no, <laughs> but it's still really interesting to listen to. Yeah, I mean, she's she's a fucking like master class in poetry um but you know we uh, me and i believe ann and i were were arguing about uh joni mitchell and uh i i had referred to like what she was doing is like you know it's like it's fucking poetry like put to really cool music and she was like this isn't poetry because they're she there's relying on verse like you know and uh mm -hmm. or there's like chorus there's repetition Mm -hmm. And that, that, that was the difference. Um, and I think that I just, I, I like the repetition more <laughs> yeah. than the, the, the free verse. Nobody there except for the birds around the New England farm. And they gathered in all directions like roses they scattered. And they were like compass squares coming together into the head of a shaman bouquet. Slitting his nose and all the others went shooting. 
I mean, you're not a big fan of The Doors, right? Or when no. Morrison diverges in any way? Yeah, I knew you guys weren't. Now he's a Doors fan. I mean, I'm, I'm into the that kind of stuff, that sort of yeah. like just going out there or morphine or jazz or those people just kind of... I like morphine. Having having that sort of interaction. I, I think what does it for me is she, she has that sort of mystique of like when you go to see a Patti Smith show or, you know a punk show in those days, it was like you wanted to get something out of it. And I think she, every night she's trying to like pull that out. She's trying to pull, do that energy within each of these songs. There are definitely like, even with Birdland, the part where she's becoming emphatic and repeating the verses of what's happening. Like there are a lot of punk bands that'll do that. Fugazi will do that. Avail will do that. There will be spoken portions of songs like where they build emotional power to them, but then they go into something that's like, there's also punk parts of those songs. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> there's not just this part, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to quantify this as definitive punk punk rock or whatever. Yeah, I think art art rock or more spoken word is is probably more where it lies. But it's cool. I I, I just like it so much. Um, I just like having that sort of velvet underground feeling of just a bit wild, like really based in rock and roll, but being a bit unhinged uh, with, with its approach and then just having those uh, a lot of um, interesting phrases just put put it putting it down. But Patti Smith, you know, I mean, she kind of picked John Cale and they worked together. But apparently, like, they didn't work together too well on this album. Is that right? Like she that's... picked him because she, she thought he uh, the album cover of Fear, she she liked his cheekbones and she thought he had a cool look about him. She said the uh, same thing, uh, same reason she got into uh, reading uh, Arthur Rimbaud. Uh, she saw that picture of him and she's like, yeah, he looks cool. He looked like, like Bob Dylan. I wanted to see what this guy was about. And <laughs> so I guess with, with John Cale. Uh, I guess because prior to this album, Patti Smith had kind of been in the like the folk scene and then the art scene, right? She hadn't really yeah. dropped a professionally produced album. Yeah, she had done a poetry before, but she hadn't um, really clicked until until uh, around this time. Yeah, how long had Patti Smith band been playing the uh, the clubs before um, she she decided to start recording this? Does anyone know? Uh, I want to say uh, it was. It had to have been like a year, six months, maybe. It wasn't a super long time, I remember, because she said she met them up at a party. Um, but she was always kind of around in the scene, um, hanging out with other people. Yeah, I was watching some Bob Dylan doc, uh, document doc, because <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Rob. <laughs> I was watching some <laughs> Bob Dylan documentary. Um, and yeah, like she just pops up like it, he's he's at like a. Uh, at some sort of like open mic and she just jumps on stage, like probably 1974. And she like, yeah, the, her live doing that, like made me go, what Patty Smith. And I know that like this record is like thought of as like, Oh yeah, they did a really good job bringing the uh, Patty Smith, like, you know, band to life. 
and compared to like what she was like like doing on stage compared to what i'm hearing right now and especially compared to what you hear with the my generation song on the later release like what they sounded like live and what they were throwing down is not what john kale um captured here this is a totally different uh totally different beast Um, yeah but yeah like her her live stuff yeah fucking hell like that powerful shit you're you're right you're you're touching on something that I've always kind of thought to be odd. This feels of like a bit controlled. I mean, it, it has those elements, but it is not the, you know, it doesn't feel like the Stooges. It doesn't feel like it, it could, you know, if they were really crank the amps or something like that over, they had overdriven, you know, parts or something like that. If it was recorded a bit different, I feel like it would be a completely different album. Somehow this is like a, very well produced and i don't know everything's just uh, i feel like what you're feeling though it can feel a little stale though with that with that sort of rock backing rock band so we're listening to free money right now is this all along the watchtower yeah so yeah so- sounds a bit like the sultans of swing <laughs> 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 i mean hey, th- those chords work they, yeah. they make for a, for, for a good good melody <laughs> Man, so I, I was listening to uh, "Break It Up," uh, track six. Uh, anyone else think that guitar work sounds familiar? Maybe you've heard it somewhere before. At what oh, point? Oh yeah, is this Starman? <laughs> no, no, no. That's Tom Verlaine. That's television. Oh yeah. And oh, like shit. once he like, like break it up, like, like it, it's like it's like riffs that in a year would be laid down in Marquee Moon. <laughs> No shit. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you can't unhear it once you know it's him. It. What do they say? Like mimicry is the most sincere form of flattery, right? Well, he'd be mimicking himself because that's him playing. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you, can, you can mimic yourself, right? You're like, there we've. I think we've had other examples where it's like, oh yeah, I played this once on this album. It was pretty good. I'm gonna play it again on this other one. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, so Marky Moon was that '76 that that came out, or I think it was '70. I'm wondering if like television had already formed yet or like what what Verlaine what is Verlaine doing right now that that he's showing up on these recording sessions he's hanging around the same scene yeah and and I believe that they um they knew her really well she dated one of them I can't remember if it was um him or the other yeah I'll have to look that up hearing him on this album I would my money's on Verlaine. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but like, here he is, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and Bert, you were sort of alluding to it a little bit earlier, like, especially on this song, uh, there's like kind of a direct line that she's mainlining Jim Morrison, like break it up. The song is about going to visit Jim Morrison's grave at, I'm going to mess up the grave site. You know, the, the famous Paris graveyard <laughs> where Jim Morrison's buried. The catacombs? No longer, no, no longer buried. <laughs> He, yeah, he, he is. is. He, he, he got was moved. Ex- he was exhumed and it was moved. Oh well, his grave is still there. Is it though? Yeah. Well, I mean, his gravestone and and site is. Vic and I saw it last year. Oh shit! Then yeah. I'm a liar. Uh, they might have taken I, his his bones and buried them with the <laughs> yeah. elephant man at Neverland Ranch or something. I don't know, but his I, I thought they were. Uh, there. I thought they were moving his shit out of there. Um, I'm sorry that that completely off topic. But yes, John, that this yeah. Yeah. But that might be some of the the distaste. Like, there's there's definitely a lot of like Lizard King action kind of flowing through her vibe. Yeah. No, I 
I lyrically, I don't have a problem, and her delivery, I don't have a problem. It's the music behind it that doesn't make my head bop. Does this mm. sound a bit like, uh, you know, Big Brother and the Holding Company or something like that? Little... No, that was even lamer. Okay, <laughs> this isn't as lame as that. Okay, um, because it's not la- it's not lame. It's like I'm lame. It's uh... I'm the lame one for for not for not yeah. digging it as much. Like no, I, 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 I'm there with you. Like I I I I like it more now than I did when I was 20, and I definitely get the importance of it. But at the same time, like I I I'm not bopping. It, it, not, they don't all have to be bopping. They don't all have to be bopping. But the music bores me to a point where I kind of just zone out. And again, that makes me feel like I sound like a goddamn asshole. It's just, it's an opinion, though. So I shouldn't. But like I, I don't see any point in time where I'm going to put on this record for pleasure listening. Like it, it just it doesn't hit me that way. And I don't see a place where I would put this on to challenge myself because, again, it's also not doing that to me. Hmm. Um, It just kind of it exists in this spot where I know it's incredibly important, but I after many, many listens, I just don't I don't know why it doesn't click with me. I I feel like this is the cilantro Hmm. of uh, of music for me where like all I'm tasting is soap. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not all soap. I, I know there's a taco underneath it. <laughs> I know there's some. I know there's, I know there's a like some uh, a really nice you know puerco, but and like I can somehow just like put this push the cilantro with my tongue to one side and then I get the rest of the food. But I like aside from like a couple of tracks on it, I I don't I don't know. It it, it just is doesn't hit me. The music or is the cilantro Patty Smith? No, she's not the cilantro. It's the music. So she's the it, pork taco. It, she is the pork taco. I think she's she, the she's like the wrapping. She's the only thing keeping this thing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If there was another, uh, is, she the, is she the tortilla? Yeah. No, 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 no. The the, the only meat I mean, in this right now is is, is, is John Kale the tortilla. John Kale might be the tortilla. No, John <laughs> John Kale in, in this analogy is just going to be the wrapper. John John Kale is the. Uh, the beef Mexi melt wrapper from Taco Bell that's going around this thing. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The, the actual filling is, uh, is, is Patty Smith, but like, you know, the beans are kind of crappy and the tortilla is a little stale but, to, to my ears. And I'm, hmm. I'm going to stop with this. It's <laughs> 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 a horrible analogy. I, I, I hate when like a thing pops up where I I can I get the importance and I and like how like it a, a thing that launched a thousand ships just somehow doesn't sit with me and I, I I hate that I was right there with Kraftwerk with Audubon I mean that thing did did it for me where I was like I know it's important but I just this is 
like I can't get my head to to get there. So yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Um, it's not well, I, and it's not bad. It's just that something is some things aren't to to your taste. And maybe it's because I had you know I have listened to this album so much and it it kind of dug in at a a certain point that I was like, yeah. I think a, a lot of it though is I can just I can. I can go along with just if there was like no music and Patty Smith just doing the lyrics, I probably would I'd still kind of like, you know, where it was going. Just the sort of weirdness that she presents in this. But yeah, music aside, uh, how about that Maplethorpe on the front cover, huh? That that's is a, some cool Maplethorpe. That's a good yeah. that's a good photo. It's a great photo. Iconic, if you will. Absolutely. Um, I did want to mention uh, Anne really, really, really likes this album. Obviously, she loves poetry and stuff. But she said that Just Kids, the book of her and Maplethorpe, um, is a really, really good book. Um, So check it out. Were they like bosom buddies? Yeah, they're like best partners. They're partners for a while. um, Before like business partners or romantic, 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 and live together, and clearly some business, but. Yeah. I thought that Robert Mablethorpe wasn't into Patty Smith. That's what he learned after Patty later. a bit. He was struggling with it, mm. trying to determine, you know, where, how he felt. Did yeah. he also produce this record or not produce? Did, was he the one that put up the, uh, the, the money to get it out? Or is that uh, another Robert Mablethorpe story involving uh, like another artist? Because I'm pretty sure that like he put out a record for someone. I kind of thought it was Patty Smith, but now with the face you're making, Birch, I'm I'm thinking that maybe <laughs> it wasn't that. No, uh, she was. <laughs> yeah, I thought somebody signed her, like saw her at CBGBs and signed her. Right? Wasn't it like Clive Davis or something? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, Clive uh. Davis. He was scouting for new talent. Yeah, they're on Artisan. Which, Never uh, mind then. I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just. Uh, I mean, he did do the cover. He did the cover shot, and I think he did the back cover. And yeah, it's a wonderful photo. It really is. Um, I think she got it fit right into that sort of new, uh, new wave androgyny. Uh, Bowie was was pushing that way. Um, she said she didn't think too much about the photo, though. That's just how she would dress at the time. So yeah, because she's fucking cool. She's yeah. cool as hell. <laughs> exactly. Like she's super right. fucking cool. Yeah. Go figure. She, the the cool person is just like, eh, rolled out of bed like this. Yeah. Take my picture, Robert. <laughs> she's kind of said that she's like beyond gender in her artistic expression, which is like, <laughs> it's a pretty bold artistic thing to say, but it's it's true and awesome in her like for her it makes perfect sense. Like absolutely. Yeah. Like you don't need to gender her to to understand where she's coming from. Hell no. Yeah, yeah. You see, she's got a little horse pin on the jacket that's tossed over her shoulder. Yeah, horses. I thought, I thought that was a, <laughs> a nice uh, illusion there. Um, yeah, I wanted to read the quote from the book because it's at, like, unlike most of the quotes in in this book that make no sense and have no context. Hers is pretty cool. It says, "I want every night to to." Wait, sorry. I want every night to remember, every night to transport people. I feel honored to have to prove myself. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. And that's you know, we we did uh like we covered these albums on on different uh recording sessions because there was like one or two in between them. 
but it seems like a, like a, a, almost a trend. Like we've got, uh, you know, we, Neil Young, Tonight's the Night, uh, Patty Smith, Horses, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks. There's like these are like like pillars of lo-fi, you know, like yeah. it's cool that they all like are. I, I know this book's not in, in in like entirely in order, but it just feels like this is a an evolution of sound that we're we're seeing happen. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's why we connect so much with what, like punk rock or late 70s stuff, because it felt it f- truly feels like. Okay, now after we've done the uh, the psychedelic thing, which I mean, I I don't know how I feel about the psychedelic thing, but <laughs> feels like it's getting more into the like rock and roll, like hard rock. It's, it's cool. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I don't know where, where I was going with that. Uh, I don't know either. I did. <laughs> I did read some interesting <laughs> stuff. She grew up. Um, uh, Bruce Springsteen was also one of her peers, and she says, quote, I grew up in a tougher part of New Jersey than Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I wasn't horrified by Altima. It seemed natural to me. Every high school dance I went to, somebody was stabbed. It says her first boyfriend was a black Jamaican twin, but her parents didn't mind. It says, quote, my father was busy trying to get God to make the next move on the chessboard. That's what he cared about. Uh, or say, sorry. What's he care about a 16 year old boy? Uh, she's full of like the most amazing wow. quotes uh, That's awesome. you could ever uh, read. So I would highly recommend. What, are these quotes all from uh, the same book? Uh, no, that was that one was just from an interview um, about the history of Patty Smith. But um, yeah, just books or just just books. Just kids is the book. And that when did that come out? It was pretty recent, right? Like past five, ten years. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Did she write it, or is it about her in Maplethorpe? She wrote it, and it's about her in Maplethorpe. Yep. Cool. I haven't read it, but you know, it was a twenty. Is it still an autobiography if it's about you and also someone else? It's a memoir. Or is there a memoir? That's uh, what it would be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Zang. <laughs> <laughs> hey Birch, how do you feel about this record? I love it. I think it's a wonderful album. Um I think you are 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 hitting something that um I think is a hard pill to swallow. It's sort of like a hard truth is that the the creation of it, the sort of backing band for her is not maybe not the most inventive. It doesn't reach to the experimentation as much as maybe it could, but at the same time, it does keep it very grounded and it lets her be weird. It it lets her be the X factor within the band. So it provides something there. I think that really allows people to get into. She shines um, like as well, as well as she should. I, yeah, I'm not going to continue taking this all for myself. Um, (laughs) Uh, would you go positive on this? Oh, totally. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm also going to go positive, even though it doesn't quite tickle me. I, I know it's important. And just off of that, I know that it should be listened to. Um, and hopefully most people get more out of it than, than I would, than I currently do. I'm going to almost echo Rob on that. I'm also going positive. Uh, 
and like, like Rob said, it's just, it's such an important album, and and I, I recognize what uh you know uh, like a landmark of the punk movement, landmark of like woman in rock, uh landmark of like you know fusing poetry with with rock and roll. Uh, at the same time, I I probably won't put on horses very often, if ever, on my own. It's just it as as much as I recognize how good it is and how important it is, it's just not necessarily my cup of tea, but uh, you know, not everything's for everyone, uh, but still positive for me. Yeah. I'm going to go positive on it. Um, you guys have basically said all that that could be said. Um, there are some, some kind of fun ish songs on here. I mean, obviously Gloria is great. Uh, Redondo beach as a kind of a reggae vibe is, is pretty cool for a, story about like missing your sister on a beach who might not come back um and then of course the bonus track my generation but it's not in the original is like great punk like full energy john kale on the guitar like it's it's oh, really yeah <laughs> so I, I, we're listening to it right now this is the first time i've heard this oh, it's yeah, so good sorry. yeah it's, it's so the good. bonus it's it's awesome <laughs> sorry yeah it's pretty good i yeah, we should probably also mention like two really important people that um, were direct line, I think, from Patti Smith. One is Joan Jett, obviously, um, and the other is uh, uh, why am I forgetting her last name from Sonic Youth? Kim. Oh, Gordon. Kim Gordon. Kim Gordon. Thank you. Yeah. Jeez. Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. Uh, which that. Yeah. she is 100%, I feel like, uh, a different stylistic, stylistically, but she is influenced heavily by Patti Smith's poetry and her delivery and the way she kind of uh, creates things. That probably also skews my attention or sort of my, in, what I think about this album because I'm a big Sonic Youth fan. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Let's consensus. Listen to the record. Uh, do it. What's next, Birch? All right. Next time we'll be talking about Pink Floyd. Wish you were here. Started crashing his head against a locker. Started crashing his head against a locker. Started laughing hysterically when suddenly. Johnny gets a feeling he's been surrounded.